Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join us as we have a conversation with Chris Starin. I met Chris at Podcast Movement 2019, and he just has a great show about getting out of the ruts that uh, hinder our spirituality, especially around Christianity. So he's going to share with us the story behind his show, The Truce Podcast, where he takes a deeper dive into some of the things that sort of trouble the Christian church today. So sit back and relax unless you're driving. In that case, we need you to stay safe and get to where you're going safely. And uh, if you haven't taken the time to hit subscribe on the podcast app of your choice where you're listening to us right now, go ahead and do that so you never miss an episode of Beyond the Rut. Now that you've taken care of all that, let's begin. Here we go. All right, Brandon, uh, once you're done doing the YMCA thing over there, uh, hello. Howdy. (laughs) <laughs> and we have Colin in from Wyoming, uh, a friend of mine, uh, a good friend of mine now, after Podcast Movement 2019, Chris Darren. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing so well, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet. We uh, I know that you and Jerry met at Podcast Movement and uh, spent a lot of time together, uh, probably an inappropriate amount of time, you know, when y'all got arrested, but having that time <laughs> in the jail to talk about the future that was sounds like kind jealousy of my friend <laughs> exactly right. i'm spreading all kinds of rumors spreading lies. <laughs> well how about that time you got blocked on twitter by rob lowe there brandon no that's sadly a fact not not a not a rumor but. what uh, yeah he actually did get blocked by rob lowe on twitter it's uh, our claim to fame among celebrities yep. um what, what i've been able to, to rob lowe to get blocked <laughs> I, I, the I only thing i've been able to discover was he uh saw a picture of me and thought this guy is way too good looking and looks oh. too much like me. I should block him. That, that's wow. my right. theory. Wow. <laughs> Did you tweet at him like, Hey, I wouldn't have gotten cut from the West wing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one of us didn't get cut. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, we, we may have to cut that out. Cause I don't want to get blocked by Rob because of this. <laughs> He's going to eventually want to come on the show and defend himself. <laughs> that would be awesome. Actually. If he got on here just to chew us out yeah. about some, Something tells me it would start with, first of all, Brandon, I'd never heard of you, and some lackey uh, blocked you. I didn't have anything to do. You're not important enough for me to have blocked. Oh, that would have been awesome. We may have to start reaching out to them again. Okay. That's yeah. Cool. But other than being a Rob Lowe expert, Chris is here for a completely different reason. Yeah. Um, so Chris is the host of Truce Podcast. I, you may have heard that in the intro about five minutes ago or less. And uh, I... What I love about that show, Chris, is that you, you're kind of taking on the revisionist history approach uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, but you, it's your own take, it's your flavor, and you're looking specifically at like historical events and current events from that Christian lens, but from an objective cl- Christian lens, which is really cool. Um, but go ahead and tell us, how is it that your show helps us get us out of a rut in terms of like mindset and perspective? Oh, sure. Well, I, I find that a lot of our disagreements in this world come from our fact that we don't generally understand what we're talking about. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Really, uh, or you know, it's it's like if we. I feel like if we really understood these things, we we would really do much better. Uh, and so there are all these things that kind of glom onto Christianity that are nowhere in the Bible that it's okay for us to do these things, but we've kind of adopted them into Christianity as, as part of what we do. Uh, so like pyramid schemes use the language of Christianity uh, or at least certain brands of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how they kind of sink their teeth in. And over 99% of people who join a multi-level marketing scheme will lose money. Um, and, and the problem is that like, then they will blame God because, well, this is supposed to be a Christian entity. Uh, you know, it, it couldn't possibly be that it's a scam. <laughs> yeah. So God must not be real. And we, we do that all the time in Christianity. We get tied to these things, political can- campaigns, uh, big business, uh, scams. Um, and so I, I think that if we can pull our, uh, pull away from those things a little bit and figure out how we got there, uh, we can we can do much better. Um, and even I have a lot of people who aren't Christians that listen to the show um, because I think it, it helps explain a lot of the things that we are battling with as a church. Um, again, like the the pyramid schemes um, mm-hmm. or or just anger at, at a world that is is rapidly changing all the time. I remember that episode, too, and it, it got me thinking about an actual MLM that reached out to me. Uh, in fact, I found out about this MLM because of the guy we were talking about before the show, but we're not going to name <laughs> drop him here in the episode <laughs> yeah. itself. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, he, he had kind of dragged me in or pressured me into this MLM meeting, and if I can try to keep this short... Uh, in essence, uh, I went alone because I knew my wife's decision is no, Jerry, you're not doing another MLM because you've already done <laughs> that three. That should have been your first clue. Yeah. And right. you're really just going to entertain the friend and, and that's it. So the answer is no, but just say you need to talk to your wife about it and you know, she's pretty much not on board. So I'm in there and they're, they are saying things about, you know, Jesus wants you to be abundantly rich and right. you know, God helps those who help themselves. And I was like, wait. That's not in the Bible. That was Benjamin Franklin. Right. (laughs) And uh, and then in the uh, book of Hallmark though. Yeah. And then they were (laughs) quoting, they were quoting scripture of, I think it was like from the book of acts where the, and and later on in the new Testament where Paul or Peter or both are reminding the people that, Hey, remember we're working alongside you. We should actually have you paying us as your priests, but we're working alongside you. So look how good we are. Uh And then that was like the angle to you must, yes, be a minister, but also work. And this is, the way you can work and to have this freedom and have a Lamborghini. And uh, I think the end though, what really got me was uh, when I said I'd need to talk this over with my wife and I was applying some biblical principles I had learned about marriage that the head of the, you know, the this group locally said, ah, oh, you need to man up and make a decision uh, for your wife. And, and, and we're talking about a big decision, like hundreds of dollars, a commitment yeah. and so on. And this guy's telling me to go against my wife's decision and her, her point of view and, you know, basically rule my decision over her. And I was like, well, that's not exactly how headship is supposed to go based on what I've learned. I'm out. And he's right. like, oh, you're not biblical. Like everything was like, all of a sudden he was like thumping with the Bible. I'm like, well, are we going there? Cause here we go. Boom. Right. And, and we did. And I got like a third of his group to quit on him like that night. And I was like, oh, nice. Boom. Um, he was so pissed. They kicked me out and, um, I had to get out of there. So Chris, what, what made you think a podcast was probably the best way to kind of get this message out there and tell these stories? 
Oh, sure. Well, uh, first of all, it's relatively inexpensive to make a podcast. I mean, it depends on how much money you want to spend. Um, I think I'm about $3,000 in the hole now. <laughs> right. But uh, I used to make independent films, um, and, and those are tens of thousands of dollars just to do it really inexpensively. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I tra- transitioned from that to novels, and I wrote a couple novels. And um, uh, novels, you're really committed for a year or two each time you write. Um, and there were just so many stories that I wanted to tell that a podcast allows you to do that because you can you know, release a new episode every week or every two weeks. Uh, with a new topic. Um, and it's allowed me to call up experts and talk to people who really know what they're talking about. Um, and it's, it's just been a tremendous amount of fun. I, I had a podcast about 10 years ago, back before anybody knew that podcasts existed. Uh, <laughs> and I loved working with audio because you can do so much uh, with audio and, and, and do it pretty cheaply, like I said. Um, and and it just reaches a large audience, and it's it's largely free. Once once you get the equipment to download the the podcast, it's free to your listeners. So uh, you can you can really reach a large audience with this uh, this stuff. Um, and and yours is really uh, like I love uh, Jerry's analogy of, of kind of a Malcolm Gladwell in a sense. Yeah. Uh, you you really research it and and make it a really informative podcast. It's not just, hey, this was good and this happened and that happened, but you're really structuring a story that helped people understand how this ties in biblically or just relationally in in the overall scheme of things. Right. That's the goal. It's a, a lot of history involved. So I'm actually I'm I'm uh reading a large book about the Romanov family right now in Russia. And uh, so it means I get a lot of strange looks from my friends. They'll be like, you know, what are you, what are you reading? Oh, I'm reading about the fall of the, the Russian czars right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. I, yeah. I, <laughs> it's my warm-up for War and Peace. <laughs> that's it's actually, honest to goodness, I have a group of friends that's reading War and Peace right now, and they're tempting me to read it. It's, oh, I man. never... What kind of strange peer pressure world am I in that that's the peer pressure? But um, I'm, I'm really reading books on Napoleon Bonaparte, on uh, multi-level marketing. Uh, but yeah, it's there's a lot of research that goes in, but the goal is to try to explain things to people who maybe have no previous uh, entry into this this topic and, and talk about how it, it impacts us today and, and, and how we got here. And how do you use that to kind of weave that message in and out of the church to, to make that connection with people? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, um, I, the main thing is, like, I, I've been going to church my whole life. I, I, I've been saved since I was 10 years old. And I've been to over 100 churches in my life. Um, just visiting uh, when I was in college, uh, my brother and I went to over 70 
five churches. Um, wow. Just trying to look for a church. Um, because the area we were in, we were in upstate New York, which is known as the Burned Over District. Huh. Uh, and uh, ever since the 1800s, there was this a whole lot of things going on. I'd love to do a show about it someday. Um, and so we, we ended up experiencing a lot of different flavors of churches uh, in all those visits. Um, and so uh, you, ca- you get to see what a big umbrella things are. And so a lot of what interests me is like, how, how did the church get this big? Uh, and how did it get this diverse? Um, and and wh- how did we get to these this place? And so um, a lot of uh, the research I'm doing, even like Napoleon Bonaparte, you're like, what does that have to do with the Christian church? <laughs> he, uh, he played the Catholic church pretty hard. Uh, like uh, he, uh, when uh, he was marauding through uh, Italy, um, he uh, forced the, the Pope to give up the papal states. Uh, and then when he went back and became emperor, the, the Pope came to try to, you know, encourage him to bring the Catholic church back to to uh, France after the French Revolution. And, and he said, yeah, we can do that, but you have to run everything past my people. So like <laughs> the Pope no longer had any power. And he was such a weird character in that historians don't even know what he believed because he, when he was in Egypt, uh, uh, he would go to Muslim ceremonies and, and he wore what he thought looked like Muslim garb. Um, and to try to fit in so that they hopefully wouldn't mind him coming in and becoming their emperor. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, so some historians think that maybe he was a Muslim. So uh, uh, you can talk about Napoleon Bonaparte, and I got interested in him in, in, you know, on my own for just personal reasons, but then I started to see this thread through his life where he was just playing at being religious, which is what a lot of us do. <laughs> right. uh, you know, a lot of us go to church and, and we sit in the pews and we think, well, that's interesting stuff, or this will make me a good person. But we don't have a real actual connection with Jesus Christ, uh, right. which is, is the key. Like the rest of the stuff doesn't actually matter. The key <laughs> is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, right. And Napoleon completely missed that. And so he was just this really great way. A lot of these guys are a great way to talk about me or to talk about what's going on in my church or our country without talking about that directly. Um, hopefully, if I, in hearing Napoleon's life, you go, oh, wow, he was a poser. Yeah. And, and maybe I'm a poser too. Exactly. Uh, and so that, that's the goal of the show is we can, we can kind of talk about the church um, and talk about ourselves, hopefully through a lens that will make it uh, a little easier for us to see it. Because if I go out and confront somebody and say, listen, you're a sinner and you need to repent, it's hard. Like, we need <laughs> to say that sometimes. It's really hard to accept that sometimes. Right. We need to say it sometimes. But uh, I always but say if- that bullhorn approach, I've never seen it work. I've seen it a number of times, but the guy on the corner screaming at you, you're going to burn in hell. I've never yeah. heard of people. That's where I got saved. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was saved at a heaven and hell play um, where it was just like, uh, it was called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Oh, neat. And, and it was one of those deals where it's just like a series of people dying and then they come in before the throne and they either go to heaven and they go to hell. And I was like, oh, that's easy enough. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> I'm good. And, and, and my friends will tell me like that heaven and hell stuff doesn't work. It's like, praise God. It's saved. You know, I was saved 27 years ago yeah. um, because of it. 
so, you know, God, God works in a lot of different ways. <laughs> because that was presented to you as there's this choice of how you want to be received or uh, live your life. And uh, based on that choice, you go to one place or the other. Whereas I think what we were mentioned before, the guy with the bullhorn is like just condemning you. You're yeah. going to hell sinner. Yeah. Uh, repent right. now. And you're like, yeah, there huh? has to be a way. <laughs> there has to be another option. You have to present both, but it's one of those funny things. I, I personally, I encourage my friends, like there may be some day that God tells you to get up in front of a crowd of people and preach on the street corner. He might just do that someday. Right. And if he does, Go for it. Like yeah. be, be open to that opportunity. But of course you have to do it with love and with grace and you have to, you can't just condemn. You have to offer hope. That's the, the key. That's so, the core of Jesus's message. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and like you said, the only thing that matters, all the rest of it doesn't matter if you don't have that part. Yeah. But it doesn't, yeah. how did you come up with the name truce podcast? Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the tagline is, um, you know, we use journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. And we press pause on the culture wars to explore how we got here and how we can do better. And it's that press pause on the culture wars part that um, I, I was really thinking about because I started researching for the show right after the 2016 election uh, when uh, Donald Trump became president of the United States. And a lot of my friends uh, were and are still um, uh, confused about that whole process. And, and the culture wars kind of were like coming to a crescendo. Um, it's like, um, you know, it's either Christians or the heathens are trying to push their worldview on us kind of thing. And, and nobody, I, nobody was or is listening to anybody else. Um, so I figured if we could just press, like, if we could just have a little truce right. uh, for a few minutes and, and actually kind of see how we got here. Uh, that would be a much better way to talk about things uh, when we have some actual knowledge. Um, and it's funny cause uh, people have come up to me and said, Oh, it's, let's, it's like a surrender. It's like, no, no, no. Truce is not no, a surrender. Exactly. Tr truce is just both sides coming together and talking things out rather than fighting, uh, like, which is much better. It's kind of like that Christmas truce, uh, which was one of your episodes in yeah. season two that you had the German side and I believe the British side that all across the lines, it wasn't just in one lo location, but all across the lines, they just paused world war one for a little bit and enjoyed each other's presence as humans and humanity and celebrated Christmas. And then right. after a little while, you know, they went back to fighting each other. Right. Uh, but, you know, in some places they, they extend that truce even longer. And, and it's just that right. of all the things in that war, that's one of the things that got remembered was that truce in, in uh, a faraway land where people just put down their guns for a bit. And it wasn't like it was ordered or commanded. They just decided right. organically to, you know, let's mm -hmm. stop fighting for a moment. That's where That's your my... your visits to so many churches come in handy because in church yeah. we have this problem. It's like politics, you kind of understand one side's right, one side's wrong, and they yell at each other all day. But in church, we almost do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Is We, we do. <laughs> stop being Baptist, Methodist, non-denominational, Catholic, whatever it is we are, long enough to work together. You know, let's call right. a truce to the, the theological differences and, and right. work together. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's very important. And it's hard to do sometimes because you look at, at uh, church history and a lot of it is from a Catholic perspective because there was largely the Catholic church or the Orthodox church. Those were like your two options for a large part of our history. Um, and so it's, it's, I, I kind of have to be really careful when I'm talking about 
um, when I go far enough back, because it's like, well, the Catholics did this. It's like that's not what I'm saying. They were the only they were the only game in town at the time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Until that guy Martin Luther showed up. Yeah, right. They, them and the Orthodox Church, they were they were it. Um, and so, yeah, you have to you have to be really careful and cautious because we we do have a lot that unites us. Right. Um, as, um, and I think that if we can if we can press pause and we can really talk those things through, we'll we'll have a much stronger church and be way more effective um, in in what we do. Which is ultimately the goal. We want to raise yeah. people up and, and change society, you know, and, and impact society. One term that I coined a number of years ago is, you know, we have the unchurched people who are just not exposed and don't really know much about it yet. But I think there's a huge population of de-churched people who have been to church and are like, I don't want to have anything to do with it because we so get many. so stuck yeah. in our doctrines and, and our ways and, and ceremonials type stuff. We say, well, you know, I could never go to that church because they don't do this right. Right. <laughs> well, that's not my job to they determine don't preach what the your whole Bible. Yeah. You know, I hear that all yeah. the time. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I don't know if Jerry, if you had this experience, but at podcast movement, because my show is, is an explicitly Christian show just to, to tell people what my show is about. We ended up getting into conversations about God all the time. Um, but th- there were so many people at podcast movement who were hurt by a church okay. um, or, or who are just upset with the current state of how the church has gotten tied to politics or big business or, or whatever. Um, and, and uh, it's a shame uh, that we, we have become associated with things that are not uh, godly. Yeah. Right. And I ran into that because uh, our show, well, I guess uh, cats out of the bag. Now we, we are two Christian dudes who disguise what? our non-Christian show with, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I so, was today's year old. Whenever I found out you weren't Jewish, I, I, did, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been Jewish. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, how, he just likes the food. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I just came to Church Unlimited for the donuts, man. <laughs> I got cool hats. Uh, we don't even serve donuts anymore. Uh, but when I was describing what our show was about and who our target audience is, because I would get that question, who's your target audience for beyond the rut or what's your show about? And because of the speed networking event, I really honed in the, the essence of our show down to one sentence. And that was, we are striving to help men who are married with children, who are Christians and have a great corporate job or a great job in general or business. And we help them live a fulfilled life. And when I said it that way, they're like, we need so much of that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Keep it going. I was like, wow. And I, I unabashedly said that our target audience is men in their 30s and 40s, married with children, with a great job or business, and we're helping them live a fulfilled life. I've got about half of that. So that, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm about half of your audience. <laughs> well, what's, what's great about that is there's so many people that have what, what I call church knowledge but don't have Bible knowledge. You know, yeah. there, there's some things that you can never ever do in a church and places you can't park. There's, there's things you can't say or wear in a church. All of that is church doctrine, not biblical, you know. Right. It doesn't necessarily make it wrong or bad. It's just right. understanding the difference. You know, in this church, this is how we do it. That's good. You need order. But biblically, that doesn't make us right. It just makes us 
a, a, a doctrine. That's what we've accepted. And right. and I love your podcast because it takes a character like Napoleon that everybody has a preconceived notion of and then works the church narrative into that of the history of the church or of religion to some extent. Right. Yeah. And that's it's it's been fun. It's been really fun to do it. But uh, I, I I think one of the things that, you know, getting in back into the church um how different churches work. I've really enjoyed learning over my time. We have a, a small town that I live in in Wyoming, and we have so many good churches. We really do, uh, but they all function very differently than each other. Um, and some of them, you know, will play nicely with others and some of them won't play nicely. <laughs> yeah. And some of them are much more structured than others. Um, uh, and that, that works really well for people who need structure. Um, and it's, it's, it's been interesting to me to see like all these predicaments we get into in churches because we are called to do a lot of things that are not in the Bible, uh, <laughs> explicitly in the Bible, you know, uh, to, to give financial counseling. I right. mean, like, I, there's no, there's no talk of an, a Roth IRA <laughs> in exactly. the Bible, you know, like there's no talk about credit cards, uh, in, in the, in the, in the Bible. It's a little bit about debt and lending, but, yeah. um, there, there are all these things that we have, we have had to come up with because it's necessary to do ministry and do life with people. Um, the, the trick is, and, and, and like you said, those are not necessarily bad. The trick is to not make those foundational, like, there was this really heartbreaking story that was in the New York Times a few weeks ago, and it was about this this woman whose daughter had been sexually harassed at a mega church. Um, I think it was Matt Chandler's church, um, and uh, by by some underling who was in leadership, but way way at the bottom. You know, it was right. like a Sunday school teacher or something. And we're talking about a massive, massive church with various campuses and things. Um, and she she uh, was upset because she could not talk to Matt Chandler. Right. Uh, who is like the head of tens of thousands of people as if, you know, he had to be in the middle of this thing. Um, uh, when in fact, like he's got a whole huge staff of people to take care of those things. Um, well, an HR person too. And, yeah. and knowing yeah. Matt, he would say they're way better equipped at it than me. Of course. <laughs> I'm yeah, the I mean, last person you should talk to. Yeah. Because we, I mean, God forbid any of us ever get involved with something like that. Um, <laughs> right. You know, you, you really want professionals involved in a situation like that. Um, but we, uh, it got so blown up in the New York times because, uh, because this woman was hurt and wanted to talk to the leader. Right. It was like, if, um, I don't know if, if an employee at Facebook is sexually harassed, um, you know, by some, some, you know, peon, does Mark Zuckerberg have to be there all the time? No. Right. Um, but, but in the church, we, we forget that because we've adopted all these corporate structures, we can't necessarily function like a corporation all the time. And especially uh, in a church, they think, uh, because I'm a pastor, and they think yeah. the senior pastor and I know more than everybody else. Right. It's like, no, there, there's things that happen here every weekend we didn't even know happened because the volunteers are running it and yeah. doing a thousand times better than we would. We would mess it up in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Probably. If you listen to our trailer Laverne episode, most yeah. men who are doing something that they're struggling with are keeping it under wraps and secret. So there's right. that beach yes. ball they're holding down. So yeah, you're not going to hear about it until it blows up. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. The church is dealing with a lot because we are kind of adopting things from the corporate world that are kind of necessary to run a large organization. Um, but, but they can be sticky uh, like marketing uh, we've, we've gotten really into marketing 
ourselves. Uh, I just had a, a Facebook uh, or a Twitter poll out about, uh, is it okay to take pictures of people when they're singing praise songs, when they're worshiping, when they're praying? Is it okay to post those on social media? Uh, and, and almost everybody said, it's, it's a cost of doing business now. Like uh-huh, that's how it right. goes. I, I personally don't like that at all. <laughs> I am not okay. Right. As, as like a, you know, a guy who's been involved in film and, and uh, photography, I, I don't take pictures of people when they're worshiping. It's, right. it's not going to happen. Um, uh, but uh, the, we're, we're adopting all this sort of marketing language in the Christian church. And that's one of those things that we're growing into. Um, and that's, that's part of the corporatization of, of churches that in some way is necessary um, because churches are getting bigger, they're getting more diverse. There's a lot more things that people expect out of churches. Right. Um, it's 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 kind of a weird and interesting time to be looking at the church. I'm really excited to be doing it now um, because we're going through some really interesting changes. Well, your concept too of of a truce, like uh, you know, we were saying, it's not necessarily a a surrender or anything like that. It's like let's take a break and refocus on what we're doing, because right. I, I'm assuming you've heard this too. As, as I'm like you, I've grown up in church. I've been in church my whole life. Uh, I always hear the complaints. I don't like this or I don't like that. Yeah. And and sometimes I'm like, yeah, me neither. Well, then why do we do it? You're the pastor. It's like we're not trying to attract me. That the goal of the church is not to reach me because I'm already here. The goal is right. to reach that whatever it is we're doing. We have a, a women's group that meets and does crafts. And as far as I know, none of them listen to this, so they won't hear this. But they probably know this about me. I don't understand it. I don't care, right. and I don't want to be a part of it. But it reaches them, yeah. so. We don't right. do it for me. We do it for them. Yeah. And so everything in the church doesn't necessarily have to be a hill we die on. Let's just discuss it. Call a truce. Sit down and talk. Here's what you do really well. Here's what we do really well. Let's somehow affect the society or community as a whole without breaking what we already do or who we are. We're just funneling our gifts and talents towards something bigger than us. Right. Right, because so much is expected in the modern church. Like, uh, I go to a a very small, well, not a very small, a small church in in Wyoming um, that I love. But uh, we have a lot of people who move to our town from these mega churches that have uh, a youth program, a young adults program, a marrieds program. You know, like they've got everything. You know, they're they're feeding the homeless. They're they're you know they've got a shelter, all these things. And it's like we as a little church can't do this, but these people are coming in do all the things that a mega church did right. uh you simply can't do that you know uh but but those things are expected of the church um of now which is 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 wild and, uh, how many expectations are on us apart we, from just the gospel stuff right yeah and we run into that a lot and you know the church i go to where brandon and i met and then the the church where brandon is an associate pastor and we have folks that come up all the time they have those requests and demands like you need to have a crafting group you need to have a this group you need to have right. a that group and i love the response that my pastor says and that brandon pretty much adopted and that is great when are you going to lead that yeah yes go, yes go knock we that out yeah <laughs> And the response is usually, no, 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 you need to start that. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. We're This is how yeah. we're running things. This is where we're going. Yeah. This is the vision. If you want to bring that, we're supportive. However, we're not going to be the ones taking ourselves away from our wall of Jericho mm-hmm. to yeah. to rebuild, you know, to, re, to build your dream, you know. 
Yeah. It's on if your you ever heart, want you to see it. the blood drain out of somebody's face, just pass the buck back to them. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and as a pastor, you have to get really comfortable with the fact you're not going to be there. You know, because right. people think you're here for every event. It's like, no, I'm not coming to that. Mm-hmm. You can do it. We'll support it. We'll provide a space, but I'm not coming to it. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you've you've got a family of your own. You've got a life of your own, and you've got to you've got to take breaks uh, so that you don't go bananas. I mean, that's just that's just how it how life is. And we do have an, an unrealistic expectation of pastors um, now. Which right. is really unfortunate. And, and even other Christians we do because we're like, yeah. you know, I find – and we, we live in a fairly small uh, neighborhood of a larger city, but uh, you see everybody at the grocery store. And I always love the way people react when they see me at the grocery store oh. because the first thing they do – and I don't know how many of them even realize this, probably very few – they look at their cart to see what's ah. in it. What are you going to think about what I've bought? And I'm like, I, I really, I don't, I have no memory, so I'm not going to remember what's in your cart. I'm not telling you not to drink or if you have a bottle of wine or whatever. I'm like, that. that's not the goal here at all. But yeah. we put all that pressure on other Christians, you know, what's yes. going on. And and that calling a truce is, is such a great concept of we don't have to be 100% on the same page. I don't right. agree with everything I say, much less what somebody else says. So right. yeah. why would your church be 100% where it needs to be and mine not? How about we just call a truce and say, hey, do we agree on Jesus? Okay, cool. Right. We can build off of everything else from mm-hmm. there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's and it's not just the church. It's also the culture uh, that, well, just non, non-Christians and being like, can we just talk about what we've done to you? Uh, and what you've done to us, because uh, that that that's tough stuff. Yeah, uh, right. you know, that, that's that's it's hard. Um, there there's so much church hurt, like I said, out there, and there are a lot of Christians who've been hurt by non Christians, um, or who are afraid of non Christians. Or I just did a series on uh, should Christians fear Muslims, um, which is a big thing because there's a lot of fear in the Christian church about Islam, um, right. and that's I mean that's been around since before the Crusades. Um, <laughs> right going on it's it's not new at all uh but uh uh, the the goal was to try to say listen we we as christians are even if we if we if the the quote that was in the show is even if we see them as our enemies jesus told us we are to love our enemies um and so like you cannot just sit around and be afraid you can't just put up walls against everything that you hate you have to be out in the world you have to be out in the committee uh in the community reaching people and loving on people who don't look like you or sound like you or eat the same foods. Um, You know, it, we are called to be out there and to be robust in that. And um, we're not good at it. (laughs) But (laughs) cool the show. And I think of your show too, is to try to encourage people to to get out there and to do it. Right. Um, We're really good at telling people what we're against, but we're not good at telling people what we're for. And, and I'd, I'd say this a lot, too, that, you know, God's for so much. He's not against very much at all. And the things he's against only because that restricts your life. You know, right. he's not gonna... against premarital sex. He's against the consequences that come from that. So that's where he starts. You know, mm-hmm. he's not against drinking. He's against alcoholism, you mm-hmm. know, where that right. takes you. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that we have to be for things if we want people to attract to us. 
and yeah. politics is such a great example of that. I, I can't handle a, a candidate that's just against things. You know, yeah. what, what makes you a good, uh, you know, future president? Well, I'm way better than Jerry. Well, well that doesn't tell me anything. You no, know? it doesn't. But it makes great TV, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> exactly. And I'll just attack. That's the tough part we're in, whereas we we're, we want great television and great entertainment, um, or we just want somebody who's going to crush the opponent, whoever that is, instead of instead of somebody who's really just going to do a good job. Right. Um, and if I get on TV and say, hey, I, I hate the Catholic Church and here's all the bad things about it, they'll report on that. That'll, that'll get some play. But if right. I'm working with the church to try to build something here locally, that's not going to get any play. Nobody will pay attention to that. Right. When as content creators, we know that that's the stuff that sells. <laughs> you know, I, I'm working on a story about the, the fall of Russia and the czars. Um, and, and the part that's sexy about that is Rasputin. Uh, <laughs> right. Was this, you know, well, you have to listen to the show to find out everything. But I, I couldn't really tell the story and get listeners if I didn't tell the Rasputin part of the story because he's the, the, in, the intriguing part. Uh, you got to have that little bit of flair to sell. Um, and unfortunately, that's the thing that we're looking for in our politicians is that flair. Um, that, and that's just not helpful. We really need people who can, um, can do a good job uh, right. and be qualified and keep their cool under pressure. Right. Uh, it's a little bit of a uh, pressure job. Yeah. Maybe a high pressure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just also, you know, we lives as, at stake, you know. That kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> also, we as Christians can't put our hope in a politician. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, we're in a funny place, you know, in history where – we we as Christians are are we are our hope is supposed to be in, in the Lord, uh, and that's it. That's that's all where our hope is supposed to be. But we are also as Americans called to vote because we have that right. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of have this weird double thing uh, where we can't put our hope into a politician, but we still vote for them. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a lot of pressure for a lot of folks to take on that balance, to not put your hope into a politician. Right. Um, and I, I had somebody tell me this uh, a while back. He's a little older, and he said, you know, I've been around a, a number of presidents, none of which have been the Antichrist and none of which have been Jesus. So right. exactly, you know, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't put all your faith in it and don't run from this one because right. both are going to be gone yeah. at some point. And I was just going to say, yeah. you know, every newly elected president is not the Antichrist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Napoleon Bonaparte was uh, suspected to be the uh, the Antichrist. <laughs> right. Believe it or not, to keep coming back to him. Yeah. Oh gosh. That was a good episode, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah i I read four books for my own pleasure before doing the show. Oh man. Uh, and I was like, well, I've, I put all this research in. I really should come up with something. <laughs> There's there's so much on like the Romanoffs and just all yes. the stuff that uh -huh. the people that used to pretend to be a, a part of the Romanoff family Anastasia, and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And there's just a ton of information out there about them. There but uh, and I think there was an Amazon Prime show about it, too, that yes. I right. don't necessarily endorse because I don't remember what all it was about. But I know it was out there. Yeah. But, so if people want to get a hold of you, Chris, what's the best way to, to find out about your show and you and uh, maybe show up at your house sometime? <laughs> no, please don't. Uh, it is it is not that great. Um, it's trucepodcast.com. It's T-R-U-C-E podcast.com. And, of course, you can find uh, the show on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. 
Spotify. Um, I'm working on Pandora. Uh, I'm this this iHeartRadio, I YouTube, uh, basically anywhere you get your podcast. I'm trying to get it out there. Um, and uh, I'd love for you to send me an email at trucepodcast at yahoo.com if you got story ideas uh, or if you like the show. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I've also got a couple films I, I did, uh, bringing, bringing Up Bobby and Between the Walls, which are both on Amazon Prime. Awesome. That is really yeah. good. And it, I, if people want to see you like today, they can go to your current location because you're actually driving and you're parked in a parking lot so that they can just right. pretend like that's your home. You we'll get that yeah. address at the end of the show, but he won't be there by the time you hear this. So that's Green no. River. Go check out Green, Green River, River, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. Green River. Yeah. Just I ask am, around. <laughs> I am uh, pinching the, the website or the, uh, the Wi-Fi off of the rec center, which is currently closed and I'm illegally parked. <laughs> And the turnaround out front, so I can I can get their Wi-Fi. <laughs> there you uh, go. That is actually really creative and resourceful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I, I I drive a school bus for a living, um, and so in Wyoming, we have to drive all across the state to take these kids to activities. Um, and and I really wanted to do the interview, but I was like, I also really need to get some money. Wait, so podcasting I, yeah. isn't uh, for the wealthy? What well, uh, we don't make yeah. money on our show yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I said, I'm about three thousand in the hole. If anybody <laughs> out there wants to donate, I'm also on Patreon. Honestly, would love any help at all. Um, but uh, yeah, we do what we can. So I am currently sitting inside of a school bus out Ooh. in front of a recreation center. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. And, and oh, we'll put right. all of that stuff in the show notes so people can get a hold of you and learn more about you and go out, rate, review the podcast because that helps every podcaster just get a little bit more notice and people see it. And you could change somebody's life by that one little small act. Yeah, it would it would really mean a lot, guys, just for the support. Thank you so much. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 201. There you'll find links to Chris's website, his show, and so much more. We're so glad you joined us this week and look forward to joining with you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.